Okay, well, it smells like you farted. By the way, we're recording. Thank you. Thank you for just making sure we can put that out to the people. Uh, Maybe it's me. Maybe it's a coffee breath or something. Hey, I'm Alan Dempsey. I don't even think we introduced ourselves in the last one. eh, What's your name? My name is Rafiq Shaheen. This is a mini-sode. I beat Metroid Dread. So we did a mini-sode. Well, we did a mini-sode, and I air quotes, about Metroid Dread before it came out because I was excited about it and I beat it, I don't know, let's say two weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Okay. And How long did it take you to get through? Um, so Metroid will tell you, all the Metroid games, well, except for the originals, will tell you how long you've been playing, mm-hmm. but only between saves. Okay. So like if you saved at 17 hours... And then an hour later, you saved again. What it doesn't count is how many times you died and had to restart in between 17 and 18. So what you're telling me is you sucked at the game. Well, we'll (laughs) get into that. So my official count on the save file is like 17 hours, something, something. I'm certain I spent upwards of 23. Okay. I'm certain of it because there were certain bosses. It's one of those games... You know, there's this, the video game people talk about the difficulty spike. Right. There's a difficulty spike where at some point the game is just mad at you for playing it. Like it, 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 like fun is no longer the objective. (laughs) The game is just giving you the finger. Like, oh, you think you want to keep playing this? Well, <laughs> let's see if you really want to keep playing this. I mean, you did beat it, so I like, did beat it because I beat it because it's a Metroid game and because I spent sixty dollars on it. But the middle, I'd say the middle boss. I don't know how many there are total. Let's say there's ten total. So like boss number five was so hard that I started losing hope. Mm. Like I actually started to think to myself. I will never beat this guy, which okay. that's where you talk in the extra five hours because okay. you died. I mean, I, I fought that guy at least 30 something times. It had to be in the thirties and never improved. I just kept dying in the same ways. It was just like, well, I, this is it. Yeah. I've just wasted. I'm never going to beat this game. There are, there are some games. Like I remember some Mega Man games where it's like you hit a boss that like I, you couldn't beat. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, I've been throwing my face at this wall for over <laughs> yeah, an hour. Yeah. Uh, I need to take a break. So or... I have a system when I play a game that throws one of those moments at you. And this happens a lot in Metro games specifically. There will be something that's like, this is the thing you can't do. Mm-hmm. I give myself like a three times a day limit. Like I'm going to attempt three times to beat this boss. And then of course you die every time. And it's like now the game's off okay. because I'm already getting frustrated. I can already feel it building up in me. The more frustrated you get, the worse you get at the game. So right. it's just, I'm done. Turn it off. Go do something else. I, for me, the moment I know when it's like, all right, turn it off, do something else, is when I start to hear the controller creak. In my <laughs> hands. You're about to break it. <laughs> oh, I punched the couch on several fucking occasions. Yeah. I remember one time, I've, I think it might have been Ghosts of Tsushima, but like I was playing and I got so frustrated, I slammed my fist on the table and I heard like the cutlery on like the food <laughs> like clink. And I remember going, ow. And I was like, if I hit the table, if I'm so angry that I hit the table hard enough to move things on the table, 
and that I can legitimately feel like I may have broken a finger, I should probably stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is crazy, though, since for the last year, I've really become someone who plays a lot of games. I've, I've always been a very casual gamer. I'm, I'm becoming somebody yeah, who plays games a lot. Pandemics will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and having your heart broken and working from home and having no one to hang out with except Rafiq. All of, all of that. Will do. That's you, not a knock you, on you. You poor thing. You had to hang out with me. <laughs> that, wasn't a knock, that wasn't about you. <laughs> you narcissistic fuck you. Um, Look, I was trying to sympathize with you. <laughs> oh, so so uh, what I've noticed is with a lot of these really hard games, what's kind of happening in a roundabout way is that the game is actually training you how to play it. Right. So when you hit that middle boss that just seems impossible you're actually more prepared for the final boss. Mm -hmm. And like the final boss is real fucking hard, but it's actually in a weird way, not as frustrating because you've kind of already been through your trial by fire. Right. You so you, I mean? like, you, you should internalize all of the various uh, skills you learn over the game. Right. So like when you get to the boss, like, what you're describing, you know, that whole metal trial by fire, that is the point in any video game, be it like five hours or 150 hours, where it's like, like you said, you've learned the lessons. Right. And now you're confronting the final boss. So the final boss should be challenging, but it should be like, well, I conquered the dragon. Right. And I slayed this beast and I bang the whore and now I can put all these skills together. I don't know why I bang the whore would be a skill in there. <laughs> that was, like, well, that was a really complicated button combination when you were fucking her. Right. And then, well, the other thing I did was when I knew the final boss was coming, I went back and I 100% of the game. Okay. And in this particular Metroid game, to 100% it, just to do that mm -hmm. is insanely hard. There are uh, maybe 12, I don't know what the number, let's say 12. There are 12 particular items that you can only get in this. There's this thing called the shine spark where you, it's hard to explain. You move real fast, then you stop, then you like hit the ground. And once you hit the ground, you start to glow. Mm -hmm. And then you have, let's say 10 seconds to trigger this thing that like fires you like a bullet. Okay. Okay. So everything I just described already kind of difficult. But then you have to figure out how to fire yourself like a bullet in that 10-second window. And which direction. In which direction. And, and those, first of all, and they're puzzles. Mm -hmm. It's not even a direct, I know what I'm supposed to do. It's like, okay, I see the item there, and I know I have to shine spark, but I don't even know how to get there, or I don't know how to get enough power to shine spark to then right. get there. So I will admit, for the majority of those, I had to go online just to learn how to do it. Just to learn how to get from point A to point B. Then doing it was like, well, I already know what I'm supposed to do, but Jesus Christ. So right. I had just, so I had beaten all the bosses and I had spent hours doing these insane combination moves just to get like one missile upgrade. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to that final boss, I was like, I got this. Now I didn't got it. It still took me like 38, 40 times to beat okay. that final boss. 
But I walked into it with my chest out. Like, I'm going to get this guy. So here's an interesting question. Uh, So I just thought of this as we were talking. But, like, part of what you're talking about with, like, in order for you to beat the puzzle, you had to go online, look up a walkthrough, whatever. I go, God bless that fucking weirdo living in his basement who figured this out the first time. Do you feel like your gaming experience was improved or would you say it was lessened because there was a walkthrough that you could turn to that instead of forcing you to figure out the puzzle on your own, mm-hmm. you were just able to be like, how I beat puzzle and then put in the solution as opposed to figuring it out yourself. So a little of both. Okay. Because for me, with any video game, with any video game, part of my problem is thinking the way the game wants me to think. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, like especially in like one of those point and click adventure games, I need a handhold with the first two or three puzzles. Mm-hmm. Once I do the first two or three puzzles, then I go, okay, I know how this game wants me to think about these puzzles. Right. Does that make sense? No, it does. So when it came to these Shine Spark puzzles, I was clueless on the first however many. Once I had done a walkthrough on, let's say, three, mm-hmm. then I started trying them on my own. Mm-hmm. And there were not many, but there were a handful that I did not need a walkthrough for because I had been taught how to think. Oh, now I know... Because you have to run a long distance, build up your power, then hit the ground, then you glow. So even just learning where you have the long distance, like they would put the long distance two levels above you or two. So once I kind of started to realize how the game wants you to think, then I was kind of determined not to look them up until I until I hit a wall. And was like, I have no fucking clue what I'm supposed to do on this one. So I'm always bad with puzzles in video games. It, because it's it's the opposite of how I am in real life. Like, we did that escape room together. Like, yeah. bad, right? That was fine by me. Because that was a lot of, like, okay, shake this thing, manipulate this thing. You know, you have all the capacity of humanity, you know, at your fingertips mm. to figure out this escape room. In a game where there are limited things... It's it's the similar issue that I have with puzzles in like or riddles in real life where somebody goes like I burn golden bright in the morning right. and I said so, and I go like you could be any number of a billion things and the answer I give you is going to be wrong right. because you have a specific idea of what the solution should be but that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, right. So I mean riddles riddles can be unfair because there are like, no, my answer was right. It's just not the one you wanted. Right. I mean, that's definitely not the case in a Metroid game where it's like, no, you have to run down this particular hallway and bounce across that particular wall to get to the thing. Right. But that's what I'm saying is that's the kind of thing that I am bad at in video games where I always end up turning to the walkthrough, which is, does diminish kind of like the enjoyment of the game right. as a whole when it comes I will to say, puzzles. I mean, it depends. Again, I, for me, it's the for me, it's that moment of when I did go through the walkthrough 
and saw the solution, I realized I would have never figured that out on my own. Mm. For me, it's that moment of like, well, it. I didn't want to go through the walkthrough, but when I saw the, there's no way in hell I would have put that together. Okay. And that's when I go, well, at least I'm getting the item. <laughs> you right. know? But then again, also some of it, when it came to those shine spark puzzles, I am going to use the word unfair. Um, there was one in particular that required you to bounce off a wall and nothing in the game up to that point had taught me to do that, that I could yeah. not even to do that, but that I could do that. Gotcha. And it was, you ask me, that's unfair. Right. Because you know? the game is supposed to teach you what your capacity right. and your limitations are. Right. There's always, there's always that moment in video games where it's like, we've taught you how to jump and like we can insinuate that there will be a double jump because right. we will show you there is a platform in jumping distance and another platform that is twice as far as right. the jump away. So you can get to platform one and then you kind of look at platform two going like, oh, how do I get there? You know, so you can teach that. But there are other moments where like, like I, you've never played any of them, but like the Dark Souls games are a prime example of like, you will play the game and then you will get to the ending and you'll get like ending A and it's like, oh, cool, I got the ending. And then somebody will, you'll read a thing online that's like, the real ending begins when you like turn this lever that you should have known about in the first half of the game. And it's like, there, what lever are you even talking about? And it's yeah. like, oh, it's the lever behind the secret wall yeah. that you can only find if you talk to this guy right. and tell him And there's no, no logical like, path yeah. to how you would have gotten that. Yeah, I hate that shit. Um, no, I will say a lot of those shine spark puzzles in Met one of the things I loved and hated about Metroid Dread is it is the fifth 2D Metroid game, and it is treated like the fifth 2D Metroid game, meaning it assumes you know how to play. Mm. There are a lot of areas of the game that do not hold your hand at all. Mm -hmm. It just assumes that you know some shit. And um so when I first started playing, I really liked that part of it. I was like, this is cool, man. This is made for people. Despite the fact that part four was 19 years ago, this is part five. Right. And they're treating it like part fucking five. And I actually, but when it came to those Shime Star puzzles, that became a problem because there <laughs> were, there were, th <laughs> well, there were things that expected you to know mm -hmm. that I like bouncing off the wall. I had no fucking way of knowing that that was even possible. It, it's kind know? of like, did you play one, three, and four? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. It's like, fucking figure out what you should have learned in two, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but even then, like I said, there's knowing how to do it and then doing it. Right. So even when I learned that I was supposed to bounce off the wall, it wasn't like just simply, oh, well, I've got this now. I still had to do it another 40, 50 times to even be able to bounce, to be able to slide, to be able to blow up the thing, to be able to get the thing, right. you know? So, kind of along those lines then, uh, best part of the game, worst part of the game. Wow, that's really good. Uh, I mean, the best part of it is that it was Metroid. No, yes. I mean, they... they Explain. <laughs> meaning, <laughs> if you've played a Metroid game, you know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't break the formula. What made it even better 
was the Emmy rooms. And if you have played the game, there's the, every section has this killer robot that is unstoppable. You can't shoot it. You can't fight it. All you can do is run the fuck away from it. Mm. And once it starts coming after you, I mean, you talk about heart beating in your throat. And you always know you're about to go into the section. The doors have a specific look to them. So you know you're about to go into dangerous robot area. Okay. And so you never just walk right in. You just stand at that door and breathe and just, okay, let's go. And then you just know that once you get in there and once you get like, you don't know the path, you don't know what's in your way. Mm. You don't know if you're going to have to jump or drop and you, but you do know that somewhere in that fucking room is a killer fucking robot. That's going to kick your ass. And, um, so it was pure traditional Metroid and everything you want from Metroid with this added element of these tents run away from robot sections. And it was so fucking great. (laughs) Just so great. Um, the worst part about it, um, I think there was, I do enjoy not having my hand held. I don't enjoy being lost. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely, moments even in just the gameplay of how to shoot the thing where you felt more lost than yeah. you were exploring how to do a thing right um and i i think there was this was what i was saying before what i love and hate about it um because it is metroid 5 and it expects you to think it's metroid 5 it takes some shit for granted and i actually did not like that normally in a metroid game here's how not just Metroid, but like the whole Metroidvania genre. When you start the game, you can jump and shoot. And every the design philosophy of the game is built around somebody who can jump and shoot. Mm-hmm. Then you get a power-up that lets you go into tight spaces. Now the entire design philosophy of the game changes because now you can jump, shoot, and go into tight spaces. Mm-hmm. Then you can double jump. And the design, you know, every time you power up, the actual layout of the game changes. Mm -hmm. In this game, there were things that it did just because, like, it felt like it should. So you get the power bomb, which, like, blows everything up. And I swear to God, the moment you get the power bomb, you use it, like, once after that. Mm. And you never need to use the power bomb again. So it was almost like they went, well, we got to put a power bomb in. It's Metroid, right? Right. But it also kind of assumes you already know Metroid. So we don't need to like start designing the game around the power bomb. Now you've got it. Go fight the bad guy. Okay. You know, and that I thought that was a real missed opportunity where you, you know, you're really stripping away the whole point of the power up. You think it's more of uh, if you're going to include it in the game, it needs to be necessary as opposed to as like flavor text. Exactly. And literally, I mean, I'm no joke. You get the power bomb and you use it to open like two areas Mm -hmm. and, and not just open two areas, but the use of the power bomb was irrelevant. Meaning there were breakaway blocks above you that you could only break away with a power bomb, uh-huh. but you already had other powers that could open up other blocks. Right. So the use of the power bomb was pointless. Right. You could have it. just used the exact same thing you had been using up to that point. Okay. And I, I, 
that was a bummer. Um, the soundtrack is good. It's atmospheric and creepy. But Metroid has a 35-year history of having an amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And after 19 years, they just went with, like, spooky sounds. So, like, it didn't meet up to the high standards they had set, oh, but it didn't no. fall under. I, I, enjoy, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say it was bad. I think that's a stupid, it's, it wasn't bad. It was just, like, it'd be like, imagine every Mario game mm-hmm. has a really catchy, you already know exactly what game right. I'm doing. You already know. You've got, you're mm-hmm. in the level right now in your brain. Metroid games are like that. I can sing a Metroid song and you go, I know which one that is. This uh, this game has no melodies. Okay. It's just spooky, atmospheric, and it works for the game. If it was the only game in the series, you wouldn't even think about it. Right. But, but it's like, dude, I've got I've got 35 years of these catchy ass fucking tunes, you know. Right. It's kind of like if you were playing a Sonic game and all you heard was like the rings. <laughs> right. Like you'd be like this. And the wind. Right. Rings and wind. Yeah, you'd be like this. All right, I guess. <laughs> so uh So is is this going on Alan's Christmas list uh 2021 to give to somebody ooh. or is this Alan? You need you need to be somebody who's gonna put in the time when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. You can't this is not a casual game. It starts as a casual game. Well, not even, because even early in the game, you got those Emmy rooms. This is not a game you can kick back on. This is a game that is the second you're playing it, you gotta be like ready to go. This is no Mario. Yeah, you can't play this game when you're tired. You can't play this game when you're half-hearted. Mm-hmm. You can't casually play this game while you're watching sitcoms. <laughs> like once you're in this game, you're fucking locked in. Um, it's fucking hard. That last boss, the middle, the middle boss, and the last boss will challenge your desire to continue. Um, and then after that middle boss, that almost broke the game for me. The game becomes a boss run. Mm. Like you, you, I spent thirty-eight times beating that middle boss. Fifteen minutes later was another boss. Fifteen minutes later was another boss. Like the game starts putting its foot up your ass. Right. So you got to be, again, you can't be the kind of player who likes to dick around on Animal Crossing. Okay. <laughs> you know, it ain't for you. Okay. It's for people who are, like, ready to go. And even those people are going to drop. I would love to see the statistics of that because it's actually doing really well. Uh, they're selling a lot of copies. Right. And they've been marketing the fuck out of it. So it's actually a high seller right now. I would love to see some kind of statistic of the people who bought it and then quit. <laughs> yeah, there's a... So I was talking about Dark Souls earlier because I had heard a statistic about it. One of the two main bosses are, are a pair of uh, baddies called Ornstein and Smoog. And the, the statistic I'd heard about it because somebody else was talking about it was like only 30% of people who have ever bought the game beat those bosses. And those bosses are considered like the midway point through wow. the game. Dark Souls is notoriously hard. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I've heard the term souls like, right. And I, you know, I love those games to a certain extent, but there is a certain portion of them where like, for me, I go, I have to treat this casually because if I, <laughs> if you in, invest into it, right. I will just go nuts. Yeah. I will throw my face at this wall <laughs> until either the wall breaks or I'm unconscious. So there's no in between. <laughs> So if it's on my Christmas list, it's 
for gamers. Mm-hmm. It's not casual. It's for Metroid fans. If you're into Metroid, you must play it. You, it's, a, it's a must play. Don't be an asshole. Play the game. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah. I, you have to be really into Metroid or you have to be really a hardcore gamer. Huh? That's that's my assessment. I mean, this is this is a pretty good uh, assessment from somebody who doesn't play a video games. <laughs> yeah, so. well, um, that's changing. All right, that's the whole episode. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of So How About This. If you liked that episode, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, or leave a review. If you really liked us, tell a friend. If you hated us, tell somebody you also hate. Tell five people that you hate about us. Find your arch enemy and convince them to listen to our podcast because you hate us so much and you want to punish them for it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at so how about this one. That's the words so how about this followed by the number one. If you have any questions you want answered on the show, just hit us up on Twitter and don't forget to stay tuned for new episodes.